everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Barber Lounge podcast with me your host Charlie Baker. Thank you to everyone that took time out of their day and listened to the first episode of the Barber Lounge podcast with Don Quinn. The response I got was truly amazing so thank you to everyone that listened. On this week's episode we have Dino Anthony. Since Dino started barbering he has owned two barber shops and worked with one of the biggest names in the barbering industry. He's also travelled around the world educating doing what he loves. He has now built up a strong brand, paradigm, male image and a strong team within the brand as it's not just all about opening up a barbershop. I've been looking forward to this episode as Dino has so much knowledge and experience to share, not just to you, but to me as well. So Dino? How are you? Yeah, good you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, been good. Surviving in this uh Yeah, keeping busy. Yeah. And that's, this is a nightmare, isn't it? You're looking forward to getting back to work. Oh, wait, I can't, do you know what, I can't wait to cut hair, I just, I miss it so much that it's not even about working, I've had a good time not working, to be honest, um, but at the same time, you just miss cutting hair, so. I know, yeah. I know, it's, it's not like, for me as well, it's nice the fact that we've got this time off, because being busy, like yourself, you probably work six days a week, it's nice actually having this time off, spend it with like, whoever you're with, with your family, with your partner, it's nice actually having some time with them, do you know what I mean, because you don't usually. Yeah, it's true. It's very true, and I, and I think I don't. I've never had hobbies before, to be honest. My hobby was cutting hair and, and running my business and, and and trying to progress that way. And now I've got I, I ride my bike every day, and I've I've got into biking, and, and I've done so many other things that I wouldn't have even have planned to do at this stage that I didn't have the time for because I was too busy cutting hair or I was too busy running the business. So. In one sense, it's been a, a blessing in disguise, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I, I, I completely agree with you because it is, it is nice to have like a little bit of time off because you, we, like we said, we don't really get that much time off. I've picked up a few little things on the way as well that I've got myself into doing and trying to keep myself busy. Like I've actually started riding my bike as well. Yeah. Because the weather's been actually really nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. I think it's one of those things that you do when when the weather's hot, you know. I know it's been horrible today, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, for the listeners listening, just tell us a little bit about yourself, like how you got into the industry, what, how long you've been cutting for, for example. All right. Um, I won't go too much into depth of it, but um, I was at school. I wasn't really particularly good at school, but I had um, a good sense for a lot of things. I had a good sense of branding. Um, I had a good sense of of how to deal with people themselves and. Uh, the first thing I actually went to do after I left school was try to become an accountant. Um, and it was good because it taught me a lot of things, but it wasn't for me as a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, soon after, um, I actually tried to find a job in one of the local barbershops. And for some reason or another, it just kept on not happening with that barbershop. Like, I was supposed to start and I got the date wrong um, on the first time. Yeah, I know, it's really bad. I'm <laughs> um, but then the second time I went, the guy was ill and didn't and didn't open the shop. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was quite bad in a sense where it was, how can you not open the shop although you're ill? Or how yeah. can you not tell the person that's coming to work for you? So... I actually started to look elsewhere and it was actually a blessing in disguise because the guy that I actually went to um, 
to learn from was a fantastic barber and a hairdresser. Um, and gave me a lot of passion and guided me in the right direction and was yeah. a very good uh, role model for, for me as a person. He was yeah. an academic, but he managed to succeed with, with, what, with whatever he'd done. So I thought, do you know what? If he can do it, I can do it. So it kind of inspired me. And then years went by and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go and open my own shop. So I parted my ways with uh, that role model um, uh, that, that I had in my life and I parted ways with him and went and opened a shop with uh, a business partner. Yeah. And it was fantastic. We've we done really well for five years. And suddenly I started to become bored. And I became like really... Um, lethargic with everything like I didn't really want to go into work um, I'm not the sort of person to go in late but I you li you literally get in there bang on time kind of thing yeah I was just getting there on, on time or two minutes late it was never mm -hmm. before it was like I would be there 15 minutes early half an yeah, hour. yeah. and it was just becoming a, a chore rather than something that I enjoyed every day and then after I thought you know what I'm getting bored of this, we need to do something else. And I spoke to my business partner that I had at that time, he wasn't interested in furthering the brand. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really a brand anyway, because when you're in a partnership, it's very hard to do something like that if one person's not interested. Yeah. I think partnerships are great, but you have to have two people that really believe in the same things. Yeah. And me and him just kind of parted ways um, because I wanted to do something more and he didn't. And I actually went to uh, um, a really popular brand um, that everyone knows called Menspire. Mm -hmm. It uh, inspired me a little bit further. And then I just, I thought, do you know what? I think, as, as everyone does, I think you, you kind of either believe in the brand that you're, you're with or you move on to do your own things and um, you do things your own way. So um, I really believe that, I, not that I could do things better, but I wanted to do things a little bit differently to that brand. And mm -hmm. I think that um, I did it in my own way um, and in my own understandings, if that makes sense. And, and I wanted to make it more about um, the... The, the team as a whole and um, and make it a team um, led company if that makes sense in a brand yeah I, I, yeah I understand what you're saying like you you obviously work for the brand and you like you like working for it but then you just start getting to the point where you had like a bit of a different direction that you wanted to go personally like in your career and as a as a person yeah. so to say so how yeah. old was you then when you first opened your like your first barbershop when you stopped doing your accountancy. How old was you when you thought, right, I'm going to go and open a shop with a partner? I was 20 years old at the time. Yeah, was, you, was, you new to, was you new to barbering then as well? Yes, I only actually was barbering for a year. Yeah. But I built up, I, I took to it really well, so I learned very quickly. Um, but I learned in a way where it was more convenient to the client and basically I could do 
a great, a good faith. Um, I understood sharpness, but then when it came to longer hair, I was struggling. I'll be honest. Yes. Uh, yes, a lot of people do hair. those starting out, don't they? Yeah, but I think longer hair wasn't so much in them. And I yeah. think I had a strong clientele that I could, um, I, I felt really comfortable in opening my own shop. And it worked in every way. Um, so, to be honest, I think a lot of people say, oh, you can't open a shop after a year, but it's, and a lot of people probably think funny of it, but it's, I didn't open a shop when I didn't have a strong enough client base, and, and, and not only a strong enough client base, but a strong client base and charging £18 back then. Yeah. So, like, we're talking about nearly eight years ago. Yeah. So it, was a lot, lot, it was a lot different back then and it wasn't as popular barbering now like it's more it's not barbering it's more like men's hairdressing isn't it do you know what I mean it's yeah. more there's more to it now than just cutting and in and out but um, did you when you when you left after the five years did you feel like you had to get rid of it or did you feel like you wanted something else did, did you want to get rid of your shop um, it was a difficult one the thing is if you if, if I kept the shop, would I have progressed the way that I did? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, I would have kept the shop and it would have kept me busy that I couldn't do anything else anyway. So, yeah, yeah. oh, I didn't want to get rid of my shop. It's the sacrifice there that kind of accelerated my career and, and my path that I'm going down now. And mm-hmm. I truly believe that if I didn't take that the leap of faith and, and the courage to go out and sacrifice everything, for me yeah. it was everything, then I wouldn't be where I am today. So it's, uh, it's like a step in, like a stepping stone kind of thing. Yeah. It gives you an idea of how to run a shop and how to run a business. It wasn't the fact that you wanted to get rid of it, it's the fact that you wanted to like move on and try something else. Yeah. So I'd like I, you say, say something to my employees and, and, and my teammates. If, if I can say it that way, my, my teammates um, and the people that are here pushing the brand forward, I say something very important to them, is life is like a slingshot, yeah? Mm. And yeah. it's harder to go back and push back on that slingshot, okay? It's easier just to walk away from that tension, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's easier to, to, to actually walk away and, and do nothing. But the more tension and the more problems that you have in life, Okay, the further back that slingshot goes, the further it pushes you forward. So for me, yeah, that's like, very, very, very good. So for me, it's like the more sacrifice and the more you push yourself back, it will be harder to push this way to pull the slingshot to go that way. But eventually, if you walk this way, okay, you're not going to get further than the slingshot pushing you. It's impossible. You have so much pressure from the slingshot that it's impossible to go further than the troubles and, and, and the sacrifices that you've made with effort, you know? Yeah, it's a very good way of putting it, like a very, very good way of putting it, like you say, the amount of, if, if everything was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. Do you know I mean, especially barbering, it's not just, and especially with what's going on now, everyone thinks, like I, I'm probably you have as well, I've had a lot of people message me saying, like, how do you do this haircut? I fucked up my hair. But then you, everyone thinks, oh, I didn't realise how hard it was, because everyone thinks you just, literally just go out with the clippers and then you've you've done it 
but there's yeah. so much more to it and that's why I think hopefully when we go back a lot more people will appreciate us not saying they don't but people will understand there's a lot more to cutting hair than just cutting hair if you know what I mean well I'm not sure about you but um, I think that clients I've, I've actually had clients message me that have said oh, I've tried to cut my son's hair or I've tried to cut my brother's hair or uh, someone's yeah, tried yeah. to my hair and I didn't actually appreciate how hard it was and it's like now I appreciate fully what you do and a lot of people would have appreciated it anyway but they don't understand how much of not only talent but the knowledge that we've got to actually do what we're doing they just think it's as simple as going like this it's, it's not yeah it's about no, I know. everything it's that's what I mean especially when people are doing things with like a beard trimmer and it doesn't do anything and it's got the grades on it already and they're trying to cut hair that's like two months overgrown and they're like why isn't it working and they don't realize how much money as well we spend on like our clippers and make uh-huh. them perfect do you know what i mean they think oh this this clippers this clippers exactly the same as my beard trimmer that cost me 10 pound from amazon and they go right. and do it and it clogs up and they just don't understand the the money that goes into our tools and that which works around to why how we price our haircuts and our, our experience and our, our tools well, the thing is, you can't blame the client for not knowing that because I've, I've actually said to a client uh, before um, that my, my scissors cost so much money and I've, they've asked me how much they were and I've, I've actually told them and they were like, what? I'm not in a shop by Yeah. <laughs> so it's not their fault, to be honest, because it's like, would you know how much a builder pays for his tool? His tool or? No, that's you very true, to be honest, like I say. No, no. I'll get my shop done up now, and you just get, you just think like, oh, the the lights, for example, they'd be 500 quid, but then they fit them, and it's like double the price or three times, just because you don't know the pricing of the stuff. You don't you get. think about the labour that goes into that one light. No, you know, exactly. How long it takes to do it. So exactly. it's like, it, people think that, do you know what? It's even like a beard brush, for example, yeah, or a fading brush, yeah. How much is a fading brush? Like a, a good quality fading brush, probably about eight pounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we need to change that light. I change mine quite often. Yeah, because I like mine to be fresh. Mm. To give the quality haircuts that we do, our, our equipment has to be sharp and fresh. So like even a beard brush, for example, that costs eight pounds. If I have to change it every two months, all right, because I do, all right, if I have to change that beard brush every two months, then that, that's, that's one consumable item that I have to use on every haircut. And I have to take that into account for the amount of haircuts that I can do in two months. Yeah, yeah. this is where your this is where your is coming in now, isn't it? Okay, so <laughs> now this is the problem. This is what people don't think about, and I've actually spoken to you about this before, is that people don't think about the little expenses that they make in the shop that they have to actually charge for in their service. Mm. And I think that if you look at the amount of money that you spend, even on a blade that you use, if you use a cheap blade, you're going to get Blunt lines. Yeah, yeah. So for me to actually use that sharper blade, it might cost me an extra 30p, 40p. Yeah, because mm. blades are actually quite expensive if you get yeah. a good quality brand. And it's like you could be spending an extra 20, 30p on a blade. Okay, then you use talcum powder, and it's like if you use a good quality talcum powder, you have to charge for that. Mm. It's like you don't think about the clipper. Clippers don't last that long. Yeah. And the clipper is actually, I've actually had loads of clippers and I've actually timed it. I've actually started to put stickers 
on when you go when I put those clippers to see how long they last because I want to actually see how long they last for. Mm. And clippers don't last more than five months. Yeah, so I'm like four to six months to try to keep on my yeah. depending on how depending on how much you use them or how they how they last. They're all different, aren't they? Exactly. And the thing is, you've got to change the blade. But like, even when you change the blade, the battery goes dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's the main thing, isn't it? And then a battery costs £25. Is it worth getting another battery? I know. You just think to yourself, do you just get another set of clippers? Exactly. Because then you're getting a fresh spring, you're getting a fresh motor, you're getting a fresh... Okay, and then you can't buy these things. It's not like you can go to the shop and buy these things. Now, if I said to you, can you... If, if I said to you, you can buy a set of a service pack for a clipper, you'll buy it. Yeah, you'll probably spend 25 to 30 pounds on that, okay? But you can't buy that service pack. No. Yeah? You can't buy a service pack. You can't buy a thing. They don't sell them because they don't want you to do that. They want no, you to go on a clipper. But what a client doesn't understand is how much money the clippers are. Yeah? No, no. So the clipper is at like, they're coming close to like 150 quid for a senior now. Yeah. You know? More and more, it's going up every time, isn't it? Yeah, foil shavers, foil shavers. You need to spend, I, I probably spend about £300 on foil shavers every year. Yeah, because they go so blunt. Well, yeah. even the broad, is it the broad, have you got the Braun Series 9? Yeah. See, the head, the head on those, they're like 50, 60 quid just to replace the head. Right. And the machine itself costs like 200, 300 quid. Yeah. yeah. So I'm spending, I actually use two foil shavers. I use the Braun Series 9. And I use a Babyliss. And the Babyliss goes a lot shorter than the Series 9. But the Series really? 9 really takes down the hair a lot better. Yeah. So it's like, I use both of them. The series, although I don't use the Babyliss for the overall finish. like uh, Sorry, I use the Babyliss for the overall finish and not the actual taking down the hair. It's actually, every two months I've got to buy a new hair. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's mad, they break so easily. It's I know, they do, don't they, the foils? It's ridiculous. I've used them, have you seen them, the, the, the single foil? It's the, the wool ones, the tiny yeah, like yeah. quid. They're, they're not bad at all. They're half decent for the, what, the, what you pay and how they do their, their quality. Yeah. I saw Alan Beat use them and he, and I, I, I was like, I may as well get them, they're 30 quid suit alike and I absolutely love them. They're yeah. better than some of the other foils out there. Definitely. Definitely. So with him, so with your bar, with going back to your barbershop when you had the shop, you went to the men's bar and then you decided to go in on your own again and get your own shop paradigm. Yeah. Did you did you feel that was the right time for you to go and do that? Did you feel like you were re- more ready than the first time you opened? Do you feel like you gained a bit from your old shop? What made you get another shop? What made me get the other shop is um, is that when when you work. Um, and you see that things aren't... When you work for, for a brand, for example, you want to work for a brand that you believe in, yeah? You, you want to work for a brand that you believe in. I, to be honest, I did believe in Men's Fire, okay? Yeah. I'm not scared to admit it. I think that it's a great brand. However, it doesn't... My ideologies of small little things didn't match with that brand and yeah. I think for me to open that brand or for me to keep on working for that brand I would have to accept those ideologies 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared to do that personally. Um, and not that it's not that the ideologies are bad, they just don't match up with my ideology. It's what you, yeah, like you, what you want and what you want out of your barbering career or your brand. You put your go to and do it yourself and make everything exactly how you wanted. Correct. So it's like, it's, uh, it, it made me more aware of, of, of what I could accomplish. Um, over the years, I think being so passionate in the first five years about creating something and not being able to because I had a business partner that didn't allow me to. And at the same time, I had so much fire in my belly to do something. Then I actually went and sacrificed that and got more knowledge. And then after that, it's like, okay, I've got more knowledge. I've got the fire in my belly. It's time to kind of go and do what I need to do and invest in my own ideologies. And the reason that the shop is called Paradigm is because of that. It's creating my example of what a barber shop and what a barber brand should be. Because Paradigm means, uh, in in Greek, it means uh, example. It's a Greek word. So, and and not only a Greek word, but it actually translates to most of the European countries. So in Italy is paradigma. Uh, okay. In Spain is paradigma. It's, so it's, it's, a, it's a word that resonates with my heritage and, and my culture, which I'm Greek. Yeah. And not only that, it's um, a word that my granddad uses very, very often. <laughs> and it's him that gave me the idea for it. So, yeah, so it's a, I think it's an amazing name. I didn't know that until you just said then. Yeah, so it's a paradigm means more than just that, but yeah. it's it means everything that the business is about and, and yeah. the brand is about. And I think um, creating what my example would be, and not only that, but it's kind of became it's become bigger than that. It's become more about the team and yeah. what the team. It's like every single member of the team has had a huge input on what this brand is. And for me, it's like I take their, if I'm going to make a decision, I will run it by them. They're like the ball. Like, yeah. and, and everyone will have an input on where the company is going. And that, that is where my belief is. And that's what my ideologies are. I think everyone has yeah. an input of where the company is going, not just one person, because I believe one person will always be biased. A yeah. group of people will come to a conclusion. And that is my main ideology now. It's pushing the brand through my team and and the people around me that are very, very close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that's kind of where the brand is going now. It's going in the direction of everyone. Yeah, like I say, because you could you could get someone in your in your paradigm, your brand, like you were at Men's Spa. You could people might think if you don't speak to them and share your knowledge of what where you want your business to go, you might get someone in your brand that might be like you and want to go on their own. But if you keep them all sweet and make sure everyone knows where your vision is with this brand and make sure everyone's happy. And if everyone gives you ideas, you might not think of something that Elliot had or Steve had, the two lads that work with you now. They yeah. might have a, a vision that they want, they think it's going. And if you don't share them, you're never going to know. 
and they yeah. were, you might all have different pathways or visions of where the brand's going. Well, the thing is, is that everyone is like, everyone wants to have their own business. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Especially everyone, barbers. Yeah, I think everyone wants their own business, yeah? And, and everyone wants to be the top dog, yeah? And everyone wants to take the, their own approach to things, yeah? For me, I don't, I have an approach and I have a certain, um, I have my certain criteria, but then Steve will have his own certain criteria that he wants to do. And Elliot has their own criteria. So it's like, even the juniors have had massive input, more input that they know on the brand, and they yeah. haven't even started coming here yet. So it's like, I, I actually talk to the juniors and actually find out whether we can improve our service, for example. Yeah, yeah. And let them figure out their way, because it's, in the end of the day, when you come to work, if you're driving forward with a brand and you've got your ideas met and your ideas um, are being used and they're being Im implemented in the business, that is essentially your business. Yeah, of course. It's not my business. It's a brand. I work for the brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The brand is bigger than me all day long. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I get that what you're saying. Yeah, paradigm for me is not me. It's, uh, a lot of people get get it twisted that when they uh, open a business, it's all about them. It's all about them making money. It's all about their ideas being met. And the employees are just there to meet their goals. No, for me, it's about there's a group of people here, okay, that have a similar interest and passion that I have, okay, if not more at times, okay, that can all collectively make the brand what it is. Yeah, okay. like we were speaking. The other, we were speaking the other day, weren't we, about yeah. it? And you saying like you've all got different traits, but when you come to like the paradigm level, it all that's what makes paradigm. Yeah. Like if you're all the same person, like I said in my shop, I was struggling to find another barber purely because I want another me. But then you said to me, but if you had another you, he'd go and open his own shop. Not even that, but it's if you had another you, you would have the same ideas that you have. Yeah, of course. And then that's where it'd just be. That. A straight line. Yeah, and it's just, it's not about opening up another shop. It's, it's more about, I think everyone's got it in them to open their own shop. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's about, if you have, say for example, you've got a trade that, that everyone's got traits that are good and everyone's got traits that are bad. What if the other, that if you had another you, they're going to have the same bad traits and the same good traits you have. So yeah. how does it help you? It might help you because you're making money because he's cutting hair and he's working this hard for you. But how is he pushing the brand forward? Mm -hmm. How is he making you a better player, a better person? Yeah. Yeah, I know what it means. So if you have too much similarities, then you're just going to, same ideas and you're going to agree to everything because you're the same. But when you say like with Paradigm, you, Elliot and Steve, you all have different views and different traits of which, like I said, makes Paradigm. Right. And I think... And the, and, the, and the thing is, as well, is like, just an example, is I'm quite a fiery kind of character. Elliot's very calm. Elliot's the type of person that will think and then react. I'm the person that will think, but react very quickly. Yeah. Yeah? And Steve is more fiery than me. Yeah? Okay? So, I'm in between these two people, alright? So actually, when sometimes I'm about to go and and 
get fired up and start being fiery, yeah. Elliot will look at me and you'll be, you can tell you're like, nah. you know what yeah, I mean? And it's like, you feel the judgment from that person, yeah? And then on the other hand, when I'm not being fiery enough, Steve will look at me and test me and say, why you, well, you're not being fiery enough, you're being too easy, but. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, the two traits, although Steve has more fire in his belly and, and will have more fire in his, in his mind than me and react on things very quickly, Elliot's the complete opposite. So I'm kind of in limbo. Yeah? And the same goes for, for Elliot. When Elliot is being too easy, then Steve will fire him up. Yeah. So, as a team, we're working really, really as a unit, like, synchronized and yeah. simultaneously to kind of come together and create what we've done, and and and, and to make each other better individually. Yeah, because as as the thing is, is that people forget one thing. Yeah, you come to work. Yeah, but what do you do when you go home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you want to go cycling? Okay, do you want to go to the gym? Do you want to invest your time in something else, an instrument? What do you do? So those goals have to be met as well. Yeah. yeah. So when I when I talk to my team, I'm like, these are my goals. I want you to help me with my goals. Okay. As a person, I'm not just in business. And I want to help you with your goals. And and that's what we keep on doing. We we keep on having meetings and we keep on having uh, these sit downs and, uh, and talks with each other and, and we actually come we say to each other oh well you you actually said that you were going to do this and you said you were going to do that and you haven't done it yet. yeah it's a good it's a good relationship to have because like yeah. if you didn't if you didn't have these meetings or you didn't sit down and talk then some one of the one of you might maybe even you you might get a bit a bit arsy with one of them because he said that he was going to go and do that but he doesn't do it if you keep communicating and sharing ideas you the brand should go in the right direction. Yeah, and, and, and personal goals go in the right direction. Yeah, of course. I think it's very important, like, what, what, what I, when, when I was working for other people, and whenever I've worked for other people, it's like, it, the biggest lesson about moving away from my business and selling my business was actually working for someone else. Mm-hmm. Okay, realising how it felt to work for someone else again. Right? Yeah. And working for someone else, I, was amazing. It was literally the best lesson I could ever learn. And working for someone else gave me an understanding that it's not all about you as the leader of the group. It's about mm-hmm. everyone else. You come last. Yeah, yeah. it's a team, isn't it? You're, like yeah. you said, we work together. Well, I said I, I was talking to someone and they were saying to me, "Ah, oh, but the boss always makes the most money." And I was, st- I was actually thinking about it, and I actually look at my bank account, and I'm like, well, that's not good proof of it, because there's <laughs> a lot of money in that bank account. Yeah. yeah. But what there is, there's investment, okay? And although I, may, I might make a bit more money than them, or however much money that I make, but, but it's actually, I'm making less because I'm investing back into the brand. Yeah, of course. Yeah, massively. Like, at the end of the day, you're, same as me, you're busy. Like if I've got another chair in the shop and I put them on a percentage, rent a chair, like fair enough if I put them on a rent a chair at 50 quid a day, fair enough I'm getting 50 quid, but then he might have 
20, 30 more clients than me. Right. So he could make more money, but then I'm, I've got my customers. That's what I'm building a brand. I want someone to come alongside me to improve my brand and we work together and build my Studio 93 brand. So yeah. I say, there's, I don't think barbers, barbershop owners make a lot more money than the employees because it's, it's kind of hard to really, unless you have a lot of people working for you. Yeah. And I think you, as well, the thing, the thing is that people don't realize is that you've also invested a lot of money, you've invested a lot of risk. Mm. And, um, I, I, I challenge any of my, any of my people and any of my team to, um, to kind of come and, and be a business owner. I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will help them do it. I will, I want them to carry on the, the paradigm brand. I do. Um, and I think that I want them to carry on the paradigm brand and it, and it means a lot to me for them to carry on the paradigm brand because they created it themselves. You know? Yeah. And that, and that is why it means more to me than, it's not about so much about the money. It's more about the fact that they carry on the brand that they started. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Steve the other day and Steve was saying to me, look, I actually find it, uh, find trouble of, of finding a name for my shop when I go back to Romania. And I said to him, well, why don't you take Paradigm back to Romania? Mm. Okay. And I said to him, because you started it with me. He was here since the start. He came two weeks after we started because he, he wanted to start straight away, but he was working somewhere else. Yeah. Gave that person the time that they wanted when he left and, and came here two, two weeks later. And he built this brand as well as I did. Yeah, as much as you did kind of thing. Yeah, because maybe I put the, this shot might be mine. Yeah, the shop, the actual shop might be mine, but the brand is part of his. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And it, it's that simple, and this is where, um, it will, it, whoever was here since the start will always stay in my heart because it's, it's, it's been a, a right journey, it's been a, an amazing journey, it's only been a year, but the amount that we've accomplished. Yeah, and they've taken you, they've taken, like you say, they've been with you the whole time. So they've taken where your brand is now. They're a massive part of that. Yeah. A massive, massive part of that. And you've started, not recently, but you, well, when I saw you at Bash and spoke to you earlier on in the year, you were going to push your education, weren't you? Yeah. So that's the thing that you're starting to do. And you said you were really busy prior to this lockdown. How's yeah. that, how's that all been for you with like people that are booked in and stuff? Have you had to push them back or? Well, I was quite lucky that I actually, um, we did um, courses until April, and okay. um, we actually were going to take a break from April to August um, to actually, okay, we've done these courses, okay, and they work very well, and, and we've had fantastic feedback from them, and I was speaking to you, and you've heard some good feedback from other yeah. people, um, so it's like, we've actually... We actually wanted to take a break from it, sit down and review everything that we have done because we invested quite a bit of money into it. We've had a great designer, um, one of my good friends, Habib, came uh, and done the design for our booklets, our, our whole educational system, and, 
and really backed in and so did the team. Elliot, Steve, even the juniors helped a lot to kind of shape our education. Yep. So then it's kind of the fact that, okay, can we teach this? Let's get some feedback from it and then review it and kind of make it even better and continue to make it better and better and better. Because even if something is good, it could always, always be better. Always. Of course, like and you don't want to... Make mistakes. Yeah. You... Go on, sorry. It's just like little spelling mistakes as well. We found spelling mistakes in our books. That, and we reviewed our books over and over again, okay? Like, each time we we've done, three of us checked it about four or five times. It's really? Like, it's, it's mad. Like, all of us checked it and we still find spelling mistakes after. <laughs> It's, it's mad. You just so, yeah, you need you need like another another eye or something. You do it, then like you say, let Elliot go and look at it. Then let Elliot, then Steve go and look at it, kind of thing. Yeah. So we kind of went back, we checked it all again, and slowly, slowly, we we wanted to create something better and better and better. So we actually took a break in April. We weren't taking any more bookings, um, and we were going to actually start taking bookings again after August. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because we still had our summer cuts to do, a lot of people go away, a lot of barbers are busy, so we, we thought we'd concentrate on bearing the education, and not only that, concentrate on the, on, on, on the brand as, as a whole. Yeah, nice, like I say, we spoke about the other day, you, you haven't just, like say, teaching in your shop, you've gone abroad and done teaching with Paradigm, haven't you? You went to Cyprus, you've done a few things, how, was, yeah. how, did, how did that all come about, and how... So, um, slowly, slowly, you kind of, uh, we went to Spain, I had a few contacts, so people that I've worked with in the past, or people that... Been, that been on your course kind of thing? Yeah, people that have been on our courses, or like, or people that I've worked with before, as in, in the shops, or um, that I've taught before even, um, that have kind of reached out and said, I would love for you to teach me. Um, and I would love for you to come to our country or, or I'd love for you to come on stage or I'd love to, for you to come here. So we've actually done quite a lot of things where it comes to, um, education. I wasn't actually, I wasn't actually hopeful that it would pick up this well. Um, really? but like we've, we've, we've put in a lot of hard work and a lot of the team has, to get it up and running, a lot of people, a lot of our our, um, our educators now. So we've got two educators, um, in Steve and Elliot, that have been incredible and have picked up education like anything. And yeah. they they teach as well. So it's like we've actually been able to grow quicker than we thought. We were actually able to take on more people and and grow very, very quickly. So, although I thought it would be, have slow interest because people have to believe in the brand and what the brand is about, I thought just people took to it very, very quickly. And it was like yeah. snowball, a snowball effect where one person was coming then they were telling two people, and then two people wanted to come. We had people from Amsterdam come, people from Italy come, people from Spain come here. 
And even people from Australia were planning to come. Um, people from from all parts of the world. We had people from Brazil, Venezuela. I bet you that's you such know. a surreal feeling, isn't it? People traveling all the way to come to your shop in North London. We were we were well humbled. We were really really humbled. We had people that we thought wouldn't come on our courses that were so interested in our courses that that were quite high up in the industry already that why would they come to you and, and kind of learn and they've and they've come and they've and it's amazing how much you can actually give them and how much like information they take from you and, and yeah. actually be so grateful for and it's just been it's just been an incredible journey in that sense and I think it's I'm very um, grateful to have that side of things yeah and of course. something that I will continue to do because I love giving people that light bulb moment I call it when they have the little uh, uh, yeah yeah the little ah uh, moments the little light bulb moments where like something sparks in the head and everything just starts making sense and it's it's empowering it's, yeah, it's, it's good. Like I say, you when you get that, like I 100%, I spoke to you about it before. When I get the chance, I will definitely be coming on it. I've heard such great things from people that are close in the industry. But for me, and I've said to you before, it's time for me. But I will eventually have time to do it because I've seen your work, and your work is is amazing. Thank you. You're welcome, man. What, so, what's like the next plan for the education? You're going to do more, get people into the shop, or you're going to do more stuff abroad, or go to shops? What, what's the plan? So my, although I like um, education in this country and I will continue to do it because I love teaching people things, um, I love giving to people, it's, it's what makes me tick. Yeah. Um, and I will say, for example, with anything, if someone asks me where I've got this from or where I've got that from, I will always say to them, this is what I wouldn't hide that piece of information, yeah. um, even with little things. So for me, it's like I love giving to people and people actually kind of take that and appreciate it. And I love that. I love that feeling. It makes me feel better as a person. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a selfish thing, but at the same time, because I'm giving, it's uh, it's non-selfish at the same time. It's, no, of course, I'm very similar and I feel the same. Like I'd love to, not now, I, I feel like I need to know a little bit more, be a little bit more confident in what I know. I'm sure I do somewhere because I'd like to think I'm half decent at what I do. But education and, and passing on what I know to other people is something that I'd love to be able to do in the past because instead of just keeping it to yourself and being, like you say, selfish, it'd be nice to just pass on information, what you know, and just to help other people out and make them grow as much as yourself. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, giving is very important because it's like, it's like with anything. But I want to talk about that actually after sometime because yeah, I was actually watching something and I wanted to like kind of touch upon it a little bit um, but with education I kind of my main goal is to be able to my my dreams in life is to be cutting hair for fun rather than doing it to make money yeah. right? um, cutting hair the way that I want okay and being able to travel the world Okay, and I love traveling. So being able to incorporate that with what I love in hair is a beautiful thing. So yeah. 
my education, I love educating around the world because when you when you travel around the world, so say for example I went to Italy, I'm not going to see Italy the way it's supposed to be seen. Mm. However, if I go to Italy with to go and educate an Italian person or Italian people, I'm going to see Italy the way it's supposed to be seen because they will show me Italy. Yeah. So for me, it's always I wouldn't say it's always better to travel with doing hair because I've traveled with my fiance, for example, we've had the most amazing times and I've seen a lot of places. But there's little bits of the places that you go to that you don't see and the cultures that you don't see, that you see when you educate. So I would, with education, I would keep on going with uh, the UK and I, I wanted the UK to kind of be passionate about what we do because it's where I live and it's uh, it's, it's where most of my passion is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it comes to other countries, I love to travel to them. So it's like I'd, I'll agree with you there as well. Like if I could, like I say, not now because I don't feel like I'm recognised enough. I've got the skills to pass on to people, but I like to improve myself to then, like I say, go and see parts of the world I haven't seen, but doing it with the thing I love doing, and that's cutting hair. And like, that's just that's just a, a no-brainer. That's a win-win situation, isn't it? Kind of sharing what you know, going to see the beautiful parts of the world. You might even see some horrible parts, but you still experience it. You probably wouldn't have been able to go and see that unless you you are where you are in your barbering career. Definitely, I I completely agree. It's like when 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 you when you give and you're actually getting back from giving. You don't mean to get back from giving, but you're getting it back because people are appreciating what you're doing. It's, it's an incredible feeling. It's like you're giving, you're getting back. You're giving, you're getting back. And I think the more you give, the more you do get back in the end. And it's, right, the, people, yeah. it's the people that are afraid to give that don't ever get back. And I think a lot of the industry is like that at the moment. A lot of the industry doesn't want to give. And it doesn't want to mentor the new generation or it doesn't want to mentor people that haven't got what they have because mm. they're worried about surpassing their brand or they're yeah. worried that they're going to be bigger than them. You've got to be but, confident in yourself, haven't you? You're confident in your brand and just share what you know instead of keeping your cards close to your chest kind of thing. Well, my I was watching something the other day and it, it inspired me massively. I, I watched the last dance about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've seen it, but it's, it's incredible. I, I recommend anyone to watch it. Um, I don't mean to get around to watching it, to be fair. But it's like, when I was watching it, I thought, you know what, there must be so much competitiveness and there must be so much um, arrogance when it comes to basketball and football and all these sports. And I thought, it's like, if you're at the top, would you give to the next person that? I personally would, but when you're competing at that level, it's it's like would you give to the next person because yeah, of course. they're gonna you are afraid they might get better than you. And I actually saw that um, like Michael Jordan was actually giving to a lot of the stars that are here today and giving them advice. And the biggest one was uh, Kobe Bryant. Are you yeah. listening? <laughs> I mean, yeah. and. Without, and Kobe Bryant used to say that Michael Jordan was his idol and his mentor. Yeah. And it's bad to see how 
he gave, although he was playing against him for a certain amount of years, you know? Yeah, and that's, the, that's where you get, like, where someone's so confident and they believe in how good they are that they're going to pass it on and they're just happy to see people doing as well as them or if not better. Because if you're working harder than everyone else, yeah, they've got to work bloody hard because yeah, exactly. I'm competitive myself. I'm very competitive. And personally, I work extremely hard to to stay competitive. Um, and I, I, I try and work as hard as I can to be the best. And I know people say that People say, oh, how can you be the best and this and that, but you have to compete to be the best you can be. And if people see you as the best, then they see you as the best. If they don't see you as the best, then they don't see you as the best. It's, it's like, it's not the best I can be, because your best that you can be, is, to me, is not good enough in my eyes. Yeah. I think that's, that's nonsense, personally. Yeah. I see that as nonsense, I'll be the best you can be. No, you can be the best that you can be, and then you can get be better. I don't believe in that. I just think it's a way to make someone feel comfortable. Yeah, it's rubbish. I think it's a, a mediocre way of looking at it. And I actually, when I, when I hear, oh, I'm trying to be the best that I can be. Yeah, nonsense. It's nonsense. <laughs> if Michael Jordan thought like thought like that, Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi thought like that, would they be the best? be honest they wouldn't no of course not yeah so for me it's like i'm just trying to work as hard as i can and put in a lot of hours just to get where i want to be of course and it's but you have to give at the same time it's not you can't be told just because you work hard you pass your holiday and that person that you pass your holiday onto has to work harder than you to still be better than you and yeah, hundred percent. And that means you've done yourself wrong. No one yeah. else. Yeah. So I mean, when you're saying about people got work, you, you can get, you can give everyone all your information you know, but if they're not going to work as hard as you, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? You could you could give someone all the information you've ever picked up in barbering, and they work ninety eight. They work as hard as ninety eight percent. But if you work hundred percent, you're still going to be technically two percent ahead of them. So that's what you've got to look. That's yeah. It's like an amazing. Thing to look at, Johnny. You know what I mean? So it's not so much of you should be afraid of the information you get. You should be you should be kind of scared that they're gonna be working hard enough, and you're not working hard enough. Yeah. You're not passionate enough about it. Of course, and then that's where it comes into like you just said. If you give someone the information, it's what they do with it. You can give someone all the information. If they don't do anything with it or do twenty percent effort towards it then you know that you're going to be alright because you know that you're let's just say your brand and my brand if you put on percent into your brand and everyone that works in there you know that your brand's going to go far like back yeah. to the catapult thing if you put yeah. the catapult with tension and tension it's only going to sling you further forward right so uh, that, that's, that's the way I think about things and it's like you can't be selfish with your if, if you ask me a question for example yeah just say, for example, we had uh, a talk about the lights before. Yeah? I yeah. could have been said, oh, do you know what? I can't remember where I got them from. Or, um, I got them from this place, but they don't do them anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, personally, I couldn't remember where I got them from. Yeah? And I said that to you. And then I went and yeah. found them for you. Right? Yeah. And you can appreciate that I've given you that. If I said to you, oh, I can't tell you that, 
you're gonna think this guy's yeah guys you know I mean a bit of a you know what I mean so and so yeah like you share stuff but you've obviously now got to go if I share my mate you've got to now go go and get those find the light because I can't remember where I got them from I don't even think I bought them to be honest I think it was the electrician that bought them to me yeah. right okay but I've given you the information and it's up to you to go and buy those and do what I want with it or do what you want with it yeah. You might go and choose to do something completely different and make it better than me. That's up to you. Um, yeah, and, and that's I opinions. Mean, that's that's opinions, isn't it? It's, it's, this is the thing. So you've got you you've got to really work hard or have better ideas. And if you do, then good on you. Why should I hide my information from you? Of course. And that's it's been a yeah yeah. I know exactly what you mean. But Dino, it has been. A real pleasure having you on. It's been a pleasure, pleasure to be on the podcast, man. I've got one question for you. It's a bit different before we finish. Do you like crisps? Do I like crisps? Yeah. I love crisps. What's your favourite flavour? My favourite flavour? Oh. Doritos Flaming Hot. Oh, see, I'm not spicy. I'm not a spicy guy. Anything spicy or hot. I'm terrible, man. What, they're not that hot, though? They're just like... Yeah, but you say that. I used to I used to have lemon and herb at Nando's, yeah? <sighs> Sweating. <laughs> Seriously. I'm dripping. I'm like, oh, my... Like the mouth you know what? I used to be like that, to be honest. And then I started having medium. And medium's all right. I just can't have the sauces. Nah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wuss, man. Yeah, I can't I'm do the wuss. That's just... That's too much for me, man. <laughs> so, mate, seriously, thank you... But seriously, thank you very much. Before you go, if you could give anyone a little bit of advice that someone that's going to, like you say, you've had two shops now, that's thinking of opening their shop or they're about to open their shop, what advice would you give them? Oh, that's a difficult, it is a difficult one because if you're opening a shop, um, I think you have to think about what you want to do before you do it. Don't just open a shop to make money. Um, think about how you're going to be different to everyone else. Even if it's the slightest way, it's a massive difference. Um, if you're a barber starting up, I would I would say pick a place where you're going to learn the most, but also pick a place that kind of believes in the same ideologies that you can grow in the brand. I, I believe that's very um, a good piece of information yeah. uh, that people really don't think about. And I think nowadays you're going to have more brands open, so you want to be part of a movement rather than just being part of a barbershop. Yeah. Um, um, and for someone that's already a barber that is a little bit bored at the moment and that wants to be more passionate, I'm not just saying this because I have my own academy, don't come to my education, go and do some courses. It's, yeah, yeah. I would say that because I did the same thing and that's when my fire in my belly started to breathe again and kind of power me to do what I did. Yeah. So for everyone there's always something different and for different people they're going to have different um, things stopping them to do everything I've just said so it, it's a bit difficult if you've got uh, people relying on you like a family kids it's going to be a little bit harder for you to do what I've just said so yeah. don't be um, um, 
disheartened by it all. Just do it the best way you can. Yeah. 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 I'll, have, I'll have to agree with you with everything you said, and especially the when you're opening a brand, don't try and be like everyone else. Just don't worry about what people think. Be your own person, be your own brand, and then you'll be able to be different. It's not it's not bad to be different at all. No. Um, and with the education side of things, you definitely, even if you just go to shows, don't have to go to a specific education, which is always good. One-to-one is amazing. But then shows always gives you that extra bit of fire to get back to work the next day. Always learn. You can never stop learning, I think. Definitely. And investing in the tools as well. I find when I get new tools and, and stuff like that, I think... What a feeling it is when you turn yeah. on that new pair of clippers, isn't it? Yeah, you just want to cut hair. You just get that buzz back. So... Every little helps, to be honest. Investing in yourself. Basically, investing in yourself is, is it gives yourself passion. Mm-hmm. It gives yourself a new yeah. hope and a new, and, and a new lease of, uh, of life, really, as well, because you're doing your job most of the time. And it allows you to actually do something different within your craft. And if yeah. you can't do anything different, you're just repetitive. And repetitive is boring. Yeah, it is. It, keep, it keeps everything fresh, doesn't it? It keeps you, like I say, fresh and hungry to improve and, and grow. Otherwise, if it was the same in day, not Monday, nine to five, or, and Tuesday, nine to five, it'd just get boring. Like I say, repetitive. Definitely. But, you know, once again, mate, I thank you, thank you very, very much for coming on and sharing no, all your no. knowledge, what you've done and stuff. Um, I hope you stay well and get back to cutting soon, and I'll speak to you very yeah. soon. You too. Thank Cheers, you, mate. I'll speak to you later. Bye bye. Uh.